Today on Stuff You Should Know About Therapy, we talk about healthy and appropriate boundaries to set for yourself. Welcome back, everyone. This month, I want to discuss boundaries. This episode is the first two-part episode we've done on this podcast. This week's episode, we'll be discussing healthy and appropriate boundaries for ourselves. And next week, we will be discussing healthy and appropriate boundaries in committed relationships. Many times when we think of boundaries, we think of very rigid individuals and people who have no fun. The surprising thing is that it's the exact opposite. One of my favorite quotes about boundaries is by a shame researcher by the name of Brene Brown. She said the following, Very early on in my work, I had discovered that the most compassionate people I interviewed also had the most well-defined and well-respected boundaries. It surprised me at the time, but now I get it. They assume that other people are doing the best they can, but they also ask for what they need, and they don't put up with a lot of crap. Compassionate people ask for what they need. They say no when they need to, and when they say yes, they mean it. They're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. Staying out of resentment is the key to healthy boundaries. Many individuals, myself included, consider themselves people pleasers. While this is not necessarily a bad thing, it can be detrimental to our own mental health if we let it get out of control. Healthy and appropriate boundaries help us help others by helping ourselves first. If we are constantly stressed, burnt out, or feel like we are being taken advantage of by certain individuals, it means that we have not yet set up those healthy and appropriate boundaries. This lack of healthy boundaries typically comes from feeling of not wanting to disappoint others. What we don't realize is that we tend to disappoint ourselves in these situations. Healthy boundaries lets others know where they stand with us and what they can expect from us. For example, I had a client who felt overwhelmed with the amount of activities his wife's family did together on a monthly basis. At first, he thought he could get used to it, or that the number of activities would die down. After more than a year of multiple activities each week, he felt suffocated at not having enough me time. After several sessions of going over different ideas in therapy, my client came up with a game plan to talk to his wife about setting up healthy and appropriate boundaries. For this particular client, those boundaries were not to eliminate the monthly activities with his in-laws altogether, but instead lower the number of activities he would go to. 
This is just one example of what boundaries may look like. Having an internal conversation with ourselves to what healthy boundaries look like is an excellent place to start. Ask yourself, why does this boundary matter so much to me? What do these boundaries look like? And how can these boundaries improve my overall happiness? Using the SMART method I referred to in the first episode of this podcast can help us set up the basis of what these boundaries can look like. Once we have the answers to these questions and have talked to a mental health professional about how to properly set up these boundaries, we need to put them into practice, which means it is time for us to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable can be a very scary and intimidating thing, but also one of the most rewarding and powerful things we can do. Putting ourselves out there and having a conversation with individuals, especially people that we care about, is very scary. You may try to psych yourself out by saying, what if they don't like me afterwards? What if they blow up at me? What if I just ruined that friendship and I can't repair it? Unfortunately, all of these scenarios may be possible but a greater possibility is having that individual say, you know what? I get it. Thanks for letting me know. Knowing where others stand with you is just as important, if not more so, than knowing where you stand with others. This is because people know that when you say you are going to do something, whatever that something may be, it will get done because people can rely on you and not cross their fingers that you will come through for them this time. One of the most important aspects to remember when it comes to setting healthy and appropriate boundaries is that boundaries we set can and should be flexible. They should be based on individuals or groups and not just blanketed generalizations. Setting a healthy boundary with spending time with friends or co-workers will most likely look different than setting a healthy and appropriate boundary with family. And, over time, the boundaries we have set with certain individuals will also evolve and change based on our needs and wants. Being flexible allows us to have freedoms that rigidity does not allow. As we become healthier and more comfortable with the boundaries we have set, we may choose to reevaluate certain aspects of our previous boundaries. Continuing the previous example of my client, setting boundaries with his in-laws allowed the foundation of healthy boundaries. Yet, life throws us holidays, weddings, funerals, and other activities. If this client stuck with a rigid boundary and did not allow for flexibility, 
he would have missed important family gatherings outside of the usual weekly visits. Knowing how much certain holidays mean to his wife and her family, my client has purposely excluded those holidays and events from his twice-a-month gatherings. This allows him to freely go to these activities without feeling stuck because they have been set aside. As we begin to set healthy boundaries, we may tend to be a little more rigid and less flexible. There is nothing wrong with that. What is important is to keep in mind that most, if not all, of the healthy boundaries you will set will be flexible with some changes. For me personally, when I set boundaries, I set them in phases. The initial phase, the working phase, and long-term phases. By doing it this way, I am setting myself up for flexibility and growth within the boundaries I set. As I previously mentioned, healthy and appropriate boundaries actually allow for growth and empowerment. We all want to live a life that is shame-free and guilt-free. This is exactly what healthy boundaries can give us. A friend of mine recently posted a quote on Facebook that said the following, Get into the habit of asking yourself, Does this support the life that I am trying to create? By asking ourselves this question, when we are establishing healthy boundaries, it allows us to make sure the boundaries we set are allowing for healthy growth. If the answer to that question is no, then we are able to adjust our boundaries in a more healthy manner that will help us grow in a healthy direction. The goal of setting boundaries is to absolutely stay out of resentment. But more importantly, it is to establish a happy, healthy, and productive lifestyle for you and for those around you. Please remember this question when it comes to setting healthy and appropriate boundaries. So, what do healthy and appropriate boundaries look like? The answer is simple. It's up to you. I hope that these tips have been helpful for you. If you have any questions about anything that I've discussed today, please feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And please remember, until next time, that stuff you should know about